Hello and welcome to episode number 173 of the NerdProCo podcast. This is going to be pretty much a kind of short, I guess, solo episode. There's a lot of stuff we're going to be, before I get into a couple of things that I'm going to be discussing, it's going to be short because it's going to be mostly uh, a little bit of what I discussed, I was, what I said I was going to address in this episode. Uh, we'll get to that, which is going to be a bummer. So if you don't want to hear about a bummer of a thing or hear more about a bummer of a thing or my opinions on the bummer of a thing, then you can just skip ahead, I guess, the after I give you the little plugs and everything of all the stuff that's going to be happening in the next couple of episodes. You can either you can skip ahead maybe about 15 or 20 minutes or however long it takes me to address the crappy thing. Uh, I'm not avoiding it. I'm just uh, letting you know that after I do all the plugs, which should be about the next couple of minutes, if you don't want to hear more about the whole Chris Hardwick thing and my opinions on it, which we're probably going to be addressing when the other co-hosts are on too, just because it's when someone who is that quote-unquote iconic, I guess you could say, is the word for it in our in our little nerd culture, then, yeah, we have to talk about it. But, so you can skip over that if you don't want to hear any more about that. Or my or my personal opinions on that or any thoughts that I have about, about that in particular. That uh, being said, uh, Luke Cage came out this weekend. We are going to be discussing that in a future episode as with a lot of the netflix series we usually wait about a week or two just uh, sort of so everyone else can kind of watch them before we start uh i was going to maybe address we're probably going to be uh elia lucera's probably is definitely going to be coming back so we can discuss uh comics do another edition of comics grab bag and also discuss the uh Agents of Shields uh, finale, the also Cloak and Dagger we're going to be discussing because I thought I was the only one who was watching Cloak and Dagger, and then apparently uh, because it was on Freeform, and I don't know that anyone else watches Freeform, but apparently everyone else I know ha can get access to Freeform and has been watching Cloak and Dagger and has thoughts on it. So we're going to be addressing Cloak and Dagger in a future future episode. That was me opening a soda, in case uh, you're on, because when I do these solo episodes, I often get a little de dehydrated, and it is a Sunday, and I am tired. So I'm gonna. You might be hearing me sip soda periodically throughout this episode another thing that you might be annoyed with but uh if you're a regular fan of this podcast we i we have no pretense of being really a hundred percent professional so uh a quick plug the weekend uh after july 4th which is i believe it's the 7th is going to be Another edition of the Ranger, the Ranger Zone, which is uh, Amy Rose Ranger and April Ranger co-host the show. It is poetry and comedy. It is awesome. It's at Branded Saloon here in Crown Heights. I always forget what the exact address is, but you can Google it. I'll, I'll try and post in the googly in the the doobly doo about that. There are a couple more. Oh, uh, well, a couple more nerd things that are coming up. There are some guests that are hopefully going to be coming up. I don't know when they are because I am still scheduling those, but there are going to be some uh, some indie artists, some um, organizer type 
people, some music people. Uh, yeah, guests are coming back because it seems that whenever I have actual guests on, the ratings go up. So I'm going to go with you guys who are actually listening to this and a thing. So, and try and get more guests uh, so you guys can listen to more guests and more people can come into this podcast and discuss things. Uh, again, if you have any opinions, as I always say, or you like this episode and you want to hear more, hit subscribe. It really does help us. The more subscribers I get, the more possible it gets, uh, the, the more plausible, the more whatever the word you want to use for it that I can actually put on live shows, which we, we have stopped doing because of scheduling reasons and financial reasons and audience numbers reasons, to be perfectly honest, honest that like we could, it just wasn't feasible. So yeah. Uh, also share this podcast if you like it any way you can to everyone you can share it on Twitter. We are at nerve program on Twitter. We are, I mean, a couple of the shows are now over. So we are no longer, at least for their respective seasons, so we are not going to be live tweeting them. That doesn't mean we aren't going to be talking about them. In fact, one of them I'm going to be talking about on this episode after I get past the bummer thing. I want to front load the bummer thing, uh, the Chris Hardwick thing, just so people can skip past that if they want Two, we are going to be having an entire Westworld episode. We, I've been putting that off until the season is over. We're going to be having an entire Westworld episode uh, about this season of Westworld, possibly more than one. It's, it's entirely possible that will be more than one. We're definitely going to be having another anime. Heavy episodes, in, in fact, hit probably more than one. It most likely, in fact, almost 100% sure it's going to be more than one anime-heavy episode. We might, or we're, it's very likely we're also going to have an entire episode just devoted to My Hero Academia, uh, or Boku no, Boku no Hero Academia, I believe is, if you're super otaku about it. So yeah, all of that is coming. Now let's get into this. So if you did not know this already, if you haven't been following things, I briefly addressed this on a previous episode of the podcast. Basically, Cloak Dykstra, who was Chris Hardwick's uh, ex-girlfriend before the current woman who is now his wife, uh, wrote this essay on i forget what the website is now oh god you guys are probably hating me for this that i can i i could probably look it up here hold on i actually was semi-prepared anyway she wrote this i'll get to the website in a minute uh she wrote this essay that was basically not it was sort of uncredited she wasn't promoting it other people read it other people got a hold of it and like spread it and basically, I mean, I'm not going to get into super details about, you know, what the, about what she accused of. It was basically, he was uh, very abusive. Their Their relationship was incredibly unhealthy. And also, she accused him of sexual assault uh, in the context of their relationship. So, uh, just so we're clear on my opinion, I mean, I gave a really short version of my opinion on this. Is basically, I believe Claude Dijkstra 
that being said, I don't, I'm not, I know that there are a lot of people out there who for a really long time have just hated Chris Hardwick for whatever reasons. I mean, he, he, for a really long time has just like projected and not in the best way. He coming off as a super, super privileged, uh, white dude. And this coming from another white dude, uh, who is me. But, I mean, there was always things about him that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but generally speaking, as a nerd, as someone who's a fan of Nerdist, as someone who was a fan of that podcast, when he started that whole thing, like, I was a fan of his. I went to see him do stand-up a couple times, found out everyone that opens up for him is is a much better stand-up than he is. He is not a great stand-up Uh by any means, and but like I said, I like I liked the dude. He seemed like a good dude. He seemed like a nice dude. There were ask there are little tells though. If you were a fan of his podcast for a while, especially if you listen to some of the hostfuls, particularly one hostful in, like specifically, I don't remember the the, the number of the episode, but it was when he was talking to it was basically a hostful that was him and Jonah Ray and Matt Myra basically hashing out their friendship and for all intents and purposes Chris kind of yelling at Jonah about like his drinking and everything and you kind of get there you could see vague inklings of the kind of stuff that like really controlling stuff about that Claude Dijkstrick basically wrote about in this article. I know I should be looking for I I will link it in a doobly doo. I don't I don't really like because I will say that like if you haven't read the article yet, I will say uh there's a lot of stuff in there and there is even a warning at the top of the article. And it's not even an article. She didn't write an article. It was basically like a letter for herself. She never names Chris Hardwick, but we when she describes the relationship and the thing, you know, she never names him, but we all knew who it was. It was very obvious. So, yeah. I will say that it, it, super trigger warning for so many things, you know, sexual assault there, uh, anorexia, weight problems, uh, domestic abuse. Like, there, there's so many things in there that are, aside from the sexual assault, uh, accusation all that stuff is all um, falls under emotional abuse i don't think he aside from the sexual assault thing and keep in mind that when you're talking about sexual assault it doesn't necessarily mean that there was violence involved i don't actually think she doesn't describe anything that was that he was ever physically violent with her and to some people that's not it's not sexual assault without violence but if the if there's a question of consent basically is what that comes down to then then it's sexual assault and then there are people who are debating whether the legality of it and what what's going to happen with this legally i would say my whole opinion on that is legally there are certain things that you have to prove and she says she has proof which is fine uh i don't care about any of that it's whether or not, and he's like denied it, and and his wife has come out to defend him because, of course, he's great with her. He's even like intimated, like if if you were paying close enough attention to like previous episodes of his podcast, then you could kind of pick up on that like super controlling, super 
of his of his of his image and super controlling of the things that are around him and also that he during that relationship was not as emotionally healthy as he is now putting all that aside i think what it is one reason why he's denying it now or like that he's basically said he was blindsided is because he can't square the person he's become with the unhealthy person that he was in that relationship. Now you can argue is like all of that was in the confines of a consenting relationship. And there was a power dynamic there also. So the, the more point that I'm making about as far as sexual assault is whether or not the man or the perpetrator feels or like that's what he did is kind of inconsequential if a woman feel whether legally also it, you know he gets convicted of anything or he said she said all of that bullshit of it is my basic opinion on it is if the woman feels like she was sexually assaulted then you can't you you can dispute the legality of it you can dispute how you being the perpetrator I don't know why I'm saying he, the perpetrator, can dispute it, but you can't dispute the feeling that that person has, which is something that I think in in court and in when discussing these things, we always kind of well, well, if you know there isn't this diehard, it always people always kind of fall, dudes fall on the legality argument of this, and I've really fall on fell on the you know whether you want to pursue restorative justice or or I forget I'm probably using the wrong term but the people you social justice people who work heavily in this field know what I'm talking about I think it's restorative justice but I don't I don't think that's a term for it you can correct me at Nerpoquo on Twitter uh, at Murdoch 22 on Twitter as well if you want to hit me up personally about this uh, but yeah so basically my feeling about it is if Chloe Dykstra feels that she was sexually assaulted whether or not in the actual, those circumstances, whether there was a gray area objectively, quote unquote, or not, is immaterial. It's just like, if that's how she, what she felt, if she felt like she was violated in some way, then you, you as the dick guy, don't really get to dispute how someone feels, how you made someone feel. So yeah, now the, and there's been a whole fallout. Uh, Talking Dead is now gone. I I have I am still subscribed to the ID10T podcast just to see if there's any episodes that come out. He probably had a couple backlogged, so we'll see what happens with that. I can oh I've said this. I can almost guarantee that he is disassociating right now because he can't. The person he is now can't come to terms with the person he was then. So clearly, he, in his mind, it is just a theory. I could be full of shit, but as someone who's you know had a head injury and had like memories where I'm just like, and not not anything this negative. Uh, I've discussed this with a couple of my friends, but it's like not that I've done anything terrible, but literally like, is like, did I do that? thing because I don't remember clear like the way disassociate it's the way I'm describing it for myself is different than this situation but the 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 actual as someone who's read a lot about this the actual kind of neurological psychological mechanisms are kind of similar is that the person you are now 
can't come to terms with the person you were then. Therefore, the person and actions you had then could not have happened. Especially when it's this much of a disparity. It's like uh, your brain kind of, especially if you're prone, as Chris has kind of been open about, like to anxiety or like question self-esteem issues, all of those things, like super controlling of your, your image and all of that. You are really vulnerable to disassociation, which means that you, like, he probably right now literally believes that he did not do those things because he can't square that with the person he is now. And his wife also is defending him because the person he is now could not have possibly have done the per the things that she that Claude Dykstra says he did. But people do change. People change for the better it doesn't necessarily forgive or it doesn't erase the bad things you did in your past, which means that really the only thing aside from everyone like firing him and is him essentially going away for a little while, for a while, hopefully for forever. Uh, because like I said, I got, no I had nothing ag against Chris Ardock before this. I didn't have an ax to grind. I know a lot of people did. I actually liked the dude and it was kind of a bummer to hear about this. But when I read like all the stuff, I was like, this kind of tracks with aside from the sexual assault thing. It was just like, this kind of tracks with his personality. And I'm like, all right, well, the only thing you can do is apologize. And actually in her letter, all she really wants is like for you to like, really apologize for these things uh restorative justice that's what it's that is that what i said yeah i think it's called restorative justice is where you get the victims and the perpetrators together and you get them to kind of uh the victim to feel like they've been validated and been heard and the perpetrator to apologize and that some sort of order absolution comes out of that uh, it is a very difficult process we'll see whether that happens it's probably going to happen in private uh, but in the meantime, Chris Roderick has now gone away, which, like I said, I like the dude, but nerdy white dude who's kind of charismatic and good looking, they're a dime a dozen, and we don't even, I mean, honestly, there are plenty of other podcasts that have said this, it's like, he's super easy to replace as, like, the nerd icon or whatever you want. Uh, they're so, <laughs> I mean... There, if you want to be stupid about it, there are so many other nerdy white guys. Hi, I'm right here. Uh, who could replace him? Not that I would. Uh, but, uh, and then there are so many people of color, women, women of color, you know, different genders, transgender nerd people who could, there, there, there is an, infinite number of people who could just quite easily step into the role that Chris Hardwick had uh, with those shows and moderating all those panels at San Diego Comic-Con, which he has now also been taken off of all those. There are so many other people who could mo be moderating those panels. Uh, I w <laughs> Selfishly, very selfishly, I would nominate myself for some of those. Uh, hi, San Diego Comic-Con people. Uh, I have no level of fame or any reason why you could accept that I'm a nerd and affable, uh, and I have a podcast to moderate any of your panels. I will moderate any of your panels. That being said, 
there are plenty of other people. Hi, entire Fan Bros crew. Hi, entire Fan Bros crew. Shout out to Fan Bros. Any of you guys uh, <laughs> could moderate any and should moderate any of those panels. Uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on them, and I'm so sorry. There are so many other, you know, you know, nerds of color. There are so many people of color, women, you know. Just any anybody else except the straight cis white man who could moderate any of those panels or host any of those shows shows, and I am all for that. I only said I'm I'm joking when I say me. I'm I'm not joking when I say me. I I'm sorry, but you know you gotta be selfish and serve yourself for, first. But there, like I said, there are any number of people who are not Chris Hardwick and also not me who could be moderating those family, uh, panels and hosting any of those shows. I am also really fascinated to see how any of the, you know, Hardwick's friends, there are, there are quite a, you know, Hardwick is friends with a couple of comedians who are probably really conflicted about what they're supposed to, how they're supposed to feel about this or what they're supposed to believe about this. I would be really curious to see whether anything comes out from statements from, I mean, Janet Varney, for one, April Richardson, especially would love to hear from her about this. Uh, if she has an opinion, if any, uh, she probably probably doesn't want to share it publicly. I would imagine Jonah Ray. I would love to hear anything that Jonah Ray has to say about this. We'll see. Uh, I, I, there is a new episode in. It, it might have been banked. Uh, so I am really curious whether he's gonna address this. I have not listened to the most recent What the Fuck, so Mark Marin probably has a little bit of an opinion on this. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see, especially people who are friends with him, friends with him, and everyone asks, always asks the question, well, how could they not know, or did they know, and if they did know, what did they know? Uh, I'm willing to bet that none of them know, knew at the time uh, because of the nature of the way Dykstra described it, that, that it was probably very behind closed doors because he was that protective of his image that I'd be willing to bet that none of them actually knew about it. And I'd be willing to bet if any of them knew about knew. I would hope there are enough people who have very, who are in his friends group. I, I like I said, like April Richardson, who is just like, who have very strong opinions on these fucking things that, would have said something to him or made something public, I think, if they knew. So I don't I don't actually think any of them knew. And I think that's all I want to say about that. Like, like I said, if you wanted to skip over this, it's over at 23.01. I will even put that in the description for this podcast. So moving on to better and happier things. The third season of Into, Badla Into the Badlands has now come and went the uh, that is me opening the soda again hold on so this i will say into the badlands season 3 has in my opinion been the best season of into the badlands yet i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that latoya morgan i really hope i'm getting any it must no no I, that, that has to be right uh was one of the primary writers on this season and all of her episodes were fantastic 
And what do you know, right after the season finale of Into the Badlands aired, uh, AMC swapped, um, you know, swept her up for, she's going to be developing and producing for them, like an entire string of stuff for them now. Which is really, yeah, it is Latoya Morgan. Uh, yeah, so she's been picked up for, yep, re-ups. Overall deal with AMC will oversee inclusion initiative. initiative. So she's going to be bringing in more people like herself. If you don't know who Latoya Morgan is, she is a writer behind a bunch of shows, Into the Badlands, Shameless. Uh, I think I believe she's also a author of a couple of books. She is a woman of color, so she's going to be bringing more of that into AMC, and it is fantastic. Also, this season of Into the Badlands, as you all know, who are fans of him and his thirst, thirst trappy self, uh, Louis Tan was in this season of Into the Badlands, and he was great, and we got a little love triangle between him and the Widow, and that was also great, hashtag Minervous, uh, which when you say it out loud just sounds really strange, but whatever. Uh, so much good character progression, uh, Baji, of course, Nick Frost is still one of the best parts of the show, in my opinion. I mean, I'm biased because I love Nick Frost anyway, but Nick Frost it was fantastic. You got to have more of his character in here. You got so much more depth added to the world, added to Sonny's backstory, added to the new, I guess, if we're using Puffy terms, the big bad, which is, uh, Pilgrim and his crew and his connection to Sonny. Uh, it's just, just the, the quality of the writer, the writing. Uh, and like I said, lots of credit to Latoya Morgan for this because she was the primary writer on a lot of the, the, the episodes that really deep, deepened the mythos of the show, really interconnected a lot of the characters really solidly. It didn't feel like any of it was forced. It felt It all felt really organic and the way all the threads were connected uh, this season were fantastic season ended on a cliffhanger no spoilers if you haven't watched it although if you haven't watched it by now what are you doing with yourself and if you haven't been watching into the badlands you should watch into the badlands it's season one and two are now on netflix you can just watch you can binge watch them in fact it's a great show to binge watch it's essentially like if mad max you know also had kung fu and less desert and wasn't in australia okay maybe it's not that much like mad max but uh, you kind of get the idea. It's a really good show, and if you're not watching it, you should be watching it because that show is pretty... I mean, it's had three seasons already, but so many shows are getting the axe uh, and then coming back. So but I think Into the Badlands, I would argue even more so than either of the Walking Dead shows. Fuck both of those shows. I'm sorry. I'm so done with Walking Dead and Fear of Walking Dead. I was done with them way before their current seasons, but, you know, uh, Into the Badlands is definitely a show that deserves your support. I'm all there for season four. I'm so excited. Yay, Into the Badlands. So there is that. What else did I want to address? There is, there was another show. There is some other nerdy thing. I am trying to blank on it right now because a lot of it is stuff that we're going to be discussing in a further in a in later episodes of this podcast, uh, oh, I'm dumb. Yeah, 
I just remembered because I talked about guests that we're going to have. So I did go to BurrowCon this year. I did not go all four days. I went the Saturday and the Sunday. I here is uh the I met a couple of cool uh, semi local artists. I bought some stuff. I really I uh, I bought a Spike coffee mug, a Spike from. Oh my God, Cowboy Bebop! My brain is failing me on this Sunday night, uh, and we just wanted to give a shout out to Nine Lives Studio and Cat Rodriguez, who is hopefully going to be a, a guest on a future episode of this podcast. She is an amazing artist. You should look her up uh, and buy stuff from her Etsy shop. Also, Straight Up Geek, uh, the two uh, two founders of Straight Up Geek, bought some stickers from them. They also have a lot of uh, awesome stuff. They are also on Etsy. You can go to the BurrowCon site, uh, support these artists, because a lot of them are they're independent artists. A uh, good chunk of them are local to New York City, New York City tri-state area. That was really cool. It was really cool to see that Artist Alley was prime, at least appeared to be, for the most part, primarily female, although, and, and a good chunk of them were queer, and the reason why I'm, like, primarily female with that sort of question mark is I didn't want to really misgender anyone. There, there might have been at least two or three artists in Artist Alley who were trans, and like I said, I, without actually talking to them and asking, I, I didn't get to talk to everybody because I wasn't necessarily trying to talk to everybody because artists are artists and it's just like it's just like if I like your work I'm going to approach you and talk to you and buy stuff from you and not all the stuff it what I was just like uh, it's awesome that you're doing this but I am and not that you aren't a great artist it's just I I your style is not my thing like I'm not dissing you it's just um um it's just not my preference so I didn't I didn't talk to them, uh, but it was really cool to see that so many, so much of Artist Alley even it's a it was a small con in Brooklyn out in uh, Greenpoint, but it it was cool to see that that so much of Artist Alley was was either female oriented or queer oriented, and I'm willing to bet even having not read like the mission statement of Borough it would it seemed like. That was the intent. So BurrowCon was cool. They had a couple of cool guests who I did not, again, not a, as a diss to any of them. Jamie Chung was there. Uh, Ron Mars was there. He's a comic creator. Jamie Chung is an actress who was there. There were a couple other people, some cosplay people. But, uh, again, not a knock. I didn't go to any of their panels or anything. Again, not really a big knock to them. I, I'm... A, I think Ron Mars is okay, but I'm just, you know, I I just, I wasn't motivated enough by any of the guests to go see them. Uh, that being said, I mean, it did have cool guests. They just weren't people who I was a giant fan of and wanted to necessarily wait online to go see or talk to or meet. I was more excited and more motivated. In fact, my main reason for going to BurrowCon was to uh, walk through uh, Artist Alley, buy some stuff from some indie artists, 
get some contact info and maybe have some of them as as guests on the show. We will see what happens. I have reached out to a bunch of them. We will see if uh, we will see if I can get a couple of them to be guests, uh, future guests on this show because I would love to talk to them. They have awesome work. I've already shot at, shout out to, uh, like I said, zero uh, point nine live studio. Sorry, I got that wrong. Zero point nine live studio. Cat Rodriguez. Uh, it's an Etsy shop. I will link in a doobly doo if I remember, which is possible that I will not. Uh, Etsy shop dot com for Etsy dot com forward slash shop forward slash zero nine live studio. That is zero point nine live studio. Straight up geek is also uh, it is straight up geek dot com. They are also awesome. Go check them out. Uh, I'm going to be plugging a couple more of these. Uh, in the thing, in the future episodes, I will say as far as Burrowcon is concerned, so it was a fifty dollar ticket for the weekend. I would say you, unless there's a panel or there's a guest, like a lot of Comic Cons who are only there one of the days, you can do the whole con in a day. So I, uh, unless you are super motivated to give them the 50 bucks to support it so that, that so that they can do it every year i'm i'm all for that if you want to do that i believe the saturday tickets were 45 the sunday tickets were a little cheaper i would go for a one day ticket and just walk around the whole day uh i also met a couple of cool people just randomly uh it, it is not the purview of this po- podcast they were just people who were just just other people at the con who were just like for various reasons, I started talking to, and they were cool. But I won't. But again, that's another great reason to go to the con. You will meet, uh, if not local artists, then also like local fans. And it's like in a place like New York, even in a place like New York, even in a place like Brooklyn, sometimes it could be fine, you know, hard to find, or if you don't know where to look for these people, you can meet people at these shows. So yeah, that is BurrowCon, and I believe that is it for this episode. There's a lot of talk about something that was a bummer, and a little bit at the end there, trying to promote other artists. I apologize to the artists. I am going to plug you again on another episode. I feel terrible that that the two uh, artists that I did plug in this episode was, uh, and I will also put this in the description for this episode, that that was after all the bummer stuff about Chris Hardwick. So I apologize to the artists about that, but I did want to get in on that episode. And that is it for this episode. Uh, We will see you next time. Stay nerdy, y'all.